Welcome to the 5G Decretory Podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. Yes or no? So, yes, the topic is uh, moving to more um, uh, modern networks, I believe. And this uh, Finnish case study on mission-critical networks is considered one of the best examples across Europe. In this session, uh, the key players will tell us uh, about the steps to prepare commercial networks for public safety and what 5G will change. So uh, let's, uh, let's announce the speakers. Uh, Thomas Reiberg, uh, the head of uh, public safety market uh, segment in Nokia, and Ville Sirjanen, uh, go-to-market corporate mobility solutions, uh, Elisa. Gentlemen, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Vladislav. Um, I hope um, you can hear me well. Um, thank yeah. you. Thank you really. Yes, it's all good. So now uh, this is about um, yeah the um, the future of uh, yeah of Tetra, how this has uh, to converge into what we call broadband. And it was um, if I look back to to how our customers were were busy with us in Madrid recently, beginning of the month, where the critical communication world was happening, this was quite obvious that it is not longer the question about um, is this the direction, yes or no, this is all, all, all already somehow clear. Um, everyone is looking into this direction because we want to make sure that our community of public safety users will be uh, very soon able to use the same level of services as we are quite um, used to um, as a private person. Now, um, the question is not, not so much here. The question is more uh, how to go there. What um, can be done to um, support a seamless migration, also a um, organized migration, because we cannot put anything on risk which is in play today. And here, uh, the deployment models um, were the most discussed topic um, at the booth uh, of Nokia, I can tell you. This was a very busy topic. Now, um, there are several ways uh, to do this. and. Um, when, when we look into what have, what's happening in the market today, um, of course, some countries, some governments um, are in charge of those countries. They are uh, more a believer of dedicated network that are totally separated also in the infrastructure. However, the market trend as we see it now is more um, what we call as a secure MVNO model, which is to connect um, to existing radio infrastructures that do exist in the country that already are providing the commercial customers with these the services. And then um, what um, is this model all about is to have your own core as a public safety agency for security reasons, but then also connect uh, this core with existing RAN infrastructure as available. Can be one, can be several, it's depending on the government, on, on the country's situation. You can also fill uh, these um, uh, networks and augment them by this with more sites where there are places where a commercial um, network provider would not decide to bring in infrastructure because he doesn't see the business case. But of course, for public safety, there could be a reason to have um, coverage and capacity available. Um, and this then what is what we call the hybrid model, which is combining commercial network you are connected to with dedicated sites that you bring into the network just for that reason that this is another application of the network. But all of this um, 
yeah, there is one one thing that has to be granted with this, which is um, trust. You only want to do this uh, when there is trust. Trust uh, that you have a network provider in front of you as public safety agency that you can trust in, that it is a trustful party, which goes by um, the provider, but also by the vendor selection, obviously, that he has chosen to. Yeah, and this is um, where, of course, uh, we found each other in the Finland case, um, Wille, and um, I think you would want to explain a little bit more how this project yeah. developed. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Wille Syrjönen uh, is my name, and I'm with Elisa, and in charge of uh, uh, the Finnish uh, radio access for the Finnish uh, uh, security MVNO branded Virve. Um, yeah, it's all about trust, and it's really around trust between people. The you know the people who actually use this mission critical network in in Finland, it's called Virve. Uh, it's the you know the police trusting the army, the army trusting the, the others, not to that that everybody works together. And that's what Virve guys have been talking about all the time. But you know as well, there needs to be a trust in this kind of MVNO approach um, and in the ability of commercial operators to provide the continuity of service, you know, service availability in any situations, even you know, regional disasters or even wartime, even wartime. So there's this kind of, um, uh, and you know, what, how do you build that trust as a commercial operator might be one question that, that you might want to ask. Um, uh, you need to have a uh, you need to have a kind of a culture of continue of, of building network security, of building service continuity, of building you know uh, uh, service recovery on a fast scale, even in, in special situations. Um, so and that's what we've been doing at Elisa for you know for decades already. We we have we've even um, uh, we've even productized our, you know, service operation. We do a lot of artificial intelligence-based, you know, robotic service uh, uh, operations. You know, doing preemptive maintenance, network configuration, and and with that, we are able to provide a service that's you know, uh, world class. I'd say among the top three in the world in terms of. You know, uh, service continuity and recovery. Um, yeah, so that's one part of it. Uh, there's also, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, why go the MVNO route in the first place? Um, well, I can tell you, it's compelling. From a, you know, it's it's a triple win. Uh, the, the kind of the virtual operator, you know, a service provider providing the services, and then a radio network provider providing the, the access. The big investment is in the access, the small investment is in the in the service, but the service experience and you know what you can do with that access is really up there in the in the service domain. So you get a lot of leverage from the MVNO approach. Um, uh, so I call this a triple win. It's a win for the service provider MVNO that has access to this kind of huge asset, the radio access network. And it's a it's a win for uh, the radio access provider, which is able to uh, uh, to expand its coverage to you know remote locations, 
you know, uh, and expand its service continuity far beyond the kind of the commercial realm into this kind of uh, in, into you know what is required today as a uh, from a uh, well any provider of a digital infrastructure service so that you get you know service hardening in terms of uh, electrical or the kind of power uh, power hardening you you harden the the backhaul and all that so so it's a win for Elisa and thirdly it's a win for you know the state uh, not having to finance multiple networks but as well being able to provide digital services in a reliable basis to the to even the remotest locations so there's actually actual win for the citizens themselves and with this approach so um uh there are many others but uh, uh i would i would hand it over the, the one uh, with one big one which is that you know the the state the mbnos the security service providers get the benefit of you know the civilians uh and their market needs and their needs for extra capacity and uh, uh and, and new services you know one of which is the 5g um so look so very much looking forward to uh, actually providing 5g network 5g service as well uh on top of elisa's network for for um uh, but um what do you think thomas uh what can we expect out of the 5g evolution slices yeah a lot <laughs> a lot that's why just uh, the design of this new um architecture in in the mobile networks um uh, in the mobile network infrastructures, but it is um, also uh, fair to say that already you can start with 4G um, because 4G, what it can provide is uh, so way much more than um, any Tetra or P25 related network could do um, that um, we always invite people to have a serious look into to start with LTE. However, 5G, this is really then the leapfrog, right? So with 5G, uh, what happens actually in standardization is that uh, all these um, uh, public safety related features are now getting standardized and once they are standardized they will be rolled out um, into the networks um, we are standing here some of um, some governments have already decided to go this route but why 5g why because it's opening more use cases than ever 5g is just built not only for massive broadband where already for public safety this will be a, a, a big difference compared to anything they they had available before um, cameras, live streaming of body cams or anything else is already possible today, but in future we will have massive more of these. So um, 5G is just able to support this. But what 5G will in addition be supporting is anything about um, autonomy of um, drones, of robots. So today you can already nicely fly a drone or operate remotely. Um, devices that you want to connect to your network but with 5g they can also get organized in an autonomous way um, i know that fire brigades are looking for this um drones that are just sent out like swarms talking to each other all this today is looking a bit like uh, science fiction but um, it is possible once it will be available then users will think about and they will come with also their own ideas. But let's leave a bit also what is the demand of police and fire brigades and look into um, ambulances. Um, there is um, 
a very nice use case uh, about uh, not only remote ambulance so that you can have the ambulance car when you are um, just looking into this today it's on the, they are on their own nicely connected with the hospital they are going to I think none of us want to experience the fact that you are um, seeing this emergency car taking care about you, but then what you what you end up with is to be in a traffic jam. So the guys in the cars, they want to do whatever it, uh, it takes with you, but there would be a doctor needed. Now, with this technology, a doctor can talk even to you, can also advise the first responders in the car uh, what to do next. Uh, live data of your health condition can be transported and just... The doctor is well prepared when finally you arrive um, at the hospital because he has already starting taking care about you. Today, this is not possible. With 5G, this will be possible. The doctor will be already close to you. We had a, even a demo at our booth um, in Madrid, um, and this was highly frequented where we have shown this, uh, this case. Um, these are new things that are not possible today, but will be possible with the 5G, 5G technology coming. Um, and even more. So um, I think the public safety uh, communities can be in full, um, uh, can, can be just looking forward for this technology to come. It, of course, will first land as a challenge with the network providers, but you will have other reasons for to go this route. What you just said about slicing, this is a way to guarantee for a public safety application. Um, a dedicated amount of resources so that even if your network would be jamming for other reasons because it's getting busy, the public safety community are still getting what they need in terms of capacity and uh, coverage available. So um, also this is a technology and a feature which is um, with 5G just there and can be used for exactly such cases. Yeah. I wonder, um... Did we get any questions or comments from the survey? Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, before I start with my questions, uh, we asked our audience uh, if they believe that it's time, uh, uh, you know, f for data networks to be replaced. And 75% of the audience said, yes, it's time. Okay. I have a few questions. We have actually just a minute or so. Uh, first question to Ville. What sort of advice uh, do you have to others embarking on such evolution projects? Well, um, advice, uh, as an operator, build your service continuity, build your quality of service of your network. You know, as a MVNO or a, or a state official, reserve enough time uh, and get acquainted with the MVNO business case. It's really, really compelling. Hmm. All right, thank you. Um, Thomas, uh, tell us, please, a little more about the uh, end devices used uh, on these evolved uh, networks? Yeah, yeah, this is, of course, um, the key question, because um, at the end device, you would see the difference between the user groups. Of course, um, end devices uh, will look um, a little bit like uh, what you are, what we are used to as a private person um, when, we, when they use smartphones, but they will be getting ruggedized. There will be IP67, 68 proved, or even uh, according to MIL standard. Uh, these devices um, will become available based on what does exist today for commercial devices, but not only there are companies, also Nokia is going this route, we have one device which is according to the standards um, that will just add them to their portfolio. No wonder that the commercial devices would come first because this was for the mass market. 
But when you go public safety, you need even more. You need dongles, you need uh, kits for the car, um, and you need to meet these special environmental uh, requirements. And these devices um, will, will now become available uh, as more public safety uh, related applications will meet uh, the countries where Spectrum becomes available. All right. Uh, my last question, I believe, uh, goes to Villa. You touched upon the time uh, to be booked or to reserved for these activities, but how long should one consider a, this uh, sort of transition? Um, well, you're, if, you, if you're starting from scratch, I mean, you don't have the legislative and regulatory environment set up, you know, put a three to five years in there, you know, to set it up regulatory wise. But if you've already done that, then it's about, uh, you know, uh, having the competition and, and setting it up. For those two things, you may need something like, you know, two or three years. But even after that, you know, you still need a kind of a three-year period at least over which the Tetra users become to trust the 4G service. Mm -hmm. So it's a 10-year project altogether. Sounds large and long, process. yeah. Yeah, it's right. a big one, but I, I think people are looking into it already in many, many, many countries, especially in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, the case study and uh, also answering uh, not so uh, easy questions. Uh, all right, uh, so we move on. Uh,